0: Hello, welcome to Save the Track Bike, my new podcast. My name is Joshua LeBure. I am your host. Um, This is episode number one, so um, I should probably introduce myself. Uh, My name is Josh. I live in Denver, Colorado. I love track bikes. I've been riding them since I think I got my first one in 2007. Um I'm not necessarily a pro. I've never been a bike messenger or anything. I just really love the bikes and have for a long time. And only recently have I kind of been taking it more seriously, I guess, and um started training. I did a one fixed gear crit last year, and I think I'm going to spend the summer doing as many fixed gear crits as I can afford to get to. Um and yeah, I don't know. What else should I say? Um, I like all the bike materials. I don't care what kind of bike you ride. I'm not necessarily like a purist on anything, which is fine if you are, and it's fine if you're not. Mostly, I just love to see people kind of getting on bikes and stuff. So, um, and I really love the sport of racing. I just love watching the Red Hook Crits. I love all that shit so um what else i make films i work for a coffee company uh i've been vegan for eight years not that that has anything to do with bikes but you know that's me that's the stuff that i do um i started this podcast just because i think that i love bikes i want to I want to put a spotlight on track bikes and kind of the sport in general. Um, So mostly what I'm planning on doing is interviewing as many athletes as I can, uh, possibly doing some product reviews. Um, So the goal is to have longer interview episodes and then maybe have some shorter ones like, you know, reviewing different products and all that kind of stuff. So, um we'll see where all that goes but uh today on the first one i have carlos from sunday strong um sunday strong is a fixed gear group out here they go on group rides they have a team two of the guys i think maybe more but at least two of them did uh, a couple red hooks we talk about that in the podcast. Uh, We talk about riding fixed gears up mountains. We talk about our favorite fixed gear videos. We talk about um, dream bikes and wish lists and all that stuff. So, um, I think it went really well. Uh, Just a pre-warning that the sound on this episode isn't the best. Mostly because uh, me and Carlos decided to go out on a ride. And we did most of the interview outside. And so there's probably a lot of background noise and stuff. But hey, it's episode number one. Can't be perfect. It'll only get better from here. I have a windscreen on the way. Uh, my friend Davey is producing this episode. And he's going to make it sound as good as he can for how bad I did at the recording. Um... Yeah, what else should I say? I don't know. Let's just get to the interview.
1: Hey, everybody. I'm Carlos Perez. I'm uh, from New Jersey originally. Moved out here to Denver for more opportunities in life and found cycling as a as a nice way to just get a lot of things from the past released, and found it more enjoying than anything I've ever done before. And now I'm a cyclist, I guess. Nice. So, um, how long have you lived in
0: Colorado, and like, kind of, what got you into track bikes specifically?
1: So I've been here for over four years now, and uh, <clears throat> what got me into track bikes was bill ross his cool ass dude i went to the shop to go get a tire fix and a, a flat fix and uh bill ross was there and he had this dope ass mash chanelli bolt the white and green and i was just like what the fuck is that I like just blew my mind away and i like heard his stories and like his just his journey through life and what he's been through and, like, how it led him to track bikes and, you know, just seeing that, like, a familiarity came about where I was just like, fuck, I've been through all this in my life and then, like, finding peace in track bikes and riding around in this beautiful state we have and, like, everyone has the opportunity to do it and it's amazing and everyone that I've met that does it, they love it just as much.
0: Yeah, I think kind of what got me in like, well, it's funny because I kind of got back into track bikes and, like, kind of back in the, when, like, the first MASH videos came out and, like, Macaframa was coming out and, and like, during that whole scene, I just, like, I never really got involved in the scene, but I, I'm, uh, I never really got involved in the scene, but I just, like, being on the bike itself was, like, what got me into it, you know what I mean? Yeah and like just like going out by myself and mostly at the time it was like utilitarian but like it was definitely fun but it's funny because i lost it for a while and then for some reason like all my friends were getting into road cycling and i ended up buying a road bike and kind of buying a kit and everything and whatever and just being like okay this is what everybody's doing now and and then like and then i noticed those like patrick seabase videos and like the gotten famous videos, and I'm like, oh, people are like going out in like road bike clothes and stuff, and like yeah. still riding track bikes. Fuck yeah, I'm that's, gonna do that. That's amazing. And then I pretty much immediately got rid of my road bike and bought another track bike. So yeah. <laughs> so I feel yeah.
1: I see where you go on that. Like, I've, I've never ridden a road bike, uh, and I'm happy I got introduced into track bikes instead. I don't, I don't really see it as a, as a bad thing, but I, I mean. I know a lot of people get their start in road cycling, and you know, uh, makes you a better rider. What a lot of people say, but I mean, I, I ride my track bike, and it, I ride it just as fast as the road bikes, or even faster. Climb just as harder, as hard, and you know, it's all, it's all perspective. Like how how much you put into it is, what you get.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of what I like about it. It's like. There's like a certain connection that you don't get. Um and I hate to say that cuz it sounds really like I don't know everybody says that. <laughs> yeah. It's like there's something about, you know,
1: yeah, we're, that's you feel connected you or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, but I, it really is that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the... like I've I've honestly been through so many different phases in my life to where like I've collected things, been involved with things and you know, uh Never really felt the passion like I do for this you Yeah, know? and it might be because I'm older and I have a little more respect for things, but I, uh, I Do appreciate what you get out of it and what it what it makes other people like you don't you don't see You don't see people like at least over here in Colorado, you know Everyone's different and we all still ride together You know, you can still have your differences, but, you know, we all ride bikes, and that's what it all all brings us together, you know? It doesn't matter if you're, like, especially nowadays with, you know, Trump supporters and just, like, then you got your liberals, and then you've got your, you know, semi-conservatives and your demis and whatever, and, you know, it feels like when you're on a track bike or on any bike, none of that shit even matters. Yeah.
0: I kind of noticed that a lot, too, when I went out and rode with you guys, that it was just, like... Everybody was so different, but I just like, everybody was welcome and it was just like, you know, I got dropped a bunch cause I was like, oh man, I'm riding with some fucking fast guys right now. And I just like, but I never felt like I was a burden on the group or something, you know what I mean? And I think that that's pretty rad.
1: Oh yeah, man, thanks. Like uh, we, we try to just let everybody be who they are, you know, let them say what they ever want to say and nobody really it's it's either funny or you you know you have a hard time dealing with it you know uh, i don't i don't really think that judging people by the way they think cuz they were raised a certain way or you know grew up in a certain place makes you any cooler than anybody else you know we all ride bikes and we're all just as cool as each other no matter where you come from or who you are Yeah
0: So we're sitting out here In Golden, Colorado Right over by the Chorus Factory Hanging out By a no trespassing sign We just rode our track bikes Over here It was fun Um I guess I kind of Wanted to get into How did Sunday Strong Come about And like What is it about to you So yeah just tell us like what what it is and like why you started it and kind of or if you started
1: it you did right uh yeah I started it with uh with a couple other guys who kind of it kind of just grew from rolling out on a Sunday ride with you know jean shorts and t-shirts and going by the river coming out to places like this golden you know it was our regular ride and now I look back at it, and it's, you know, it, w- it was a ride where we took maybe three, four stops before we even got to where we are right now. And we're talking 13 miles, you know, and we're stopping every four or five miles, you know. And it was just like, it's not that we were... So, so into it that we were gonna come out here and just like mash out. We were just coming out here to have fun and sit by the river, smoke some weed, and whatever. And then it got to the point where, you know, some of us were getting faster, and it, it got kind of just tiring to, you know, stay in a, a slow group. So, we, we decided to come out early on a ride uh, before our regular Sunday ride. And do a you know 40 to 60 mile ride, come back into the into the regular ride, and do do that ride as well, just to get another you know 20 30 miles in, and uh, so it started out just like that, getting you know 40 miles, 60 miles, 70 miles, then going 80 miles, and we're all like, wow, we're riding pretty far on a track bike here. This is pretty cool. You know, and we didn't see anybody else doing it. And everyone we invited out was like, "Nah, I don't want to go out there." We're like, well, fuck it, we do. So we just got out, started in getting kits because it started, you know, feeling better. Yeah, you know, as you ride those longer miles, you don't carry as much either because you're like, "All right, I want to mass do this, but I'm carrying a backpack." You know, and this yeah. is like restricting me from like descending. I'm like. You know, I'm descending, I got this backpack jiggling, and my back is going back and forth into my head. And You yeah. know, it's kind of dangerous, so you you kind of lose that. You get a jersey, and you put what you can into the pockets, and you go out. And uh, that's how it started. We, we decided just to... I, I remember when the name came about, it was like, we all came out in kits. And uh, it was like, oh shit, you all got a kit on? you got a kit, you got a kit, wow, and then my buddy Lance, he was like, man, Sunday Strong out here, you know, and like, that just stuck, I don't know, so, it was, uh, Sunday Strong from, even before it was even Sunday Strong, we would just go out, do long rides, you know, in jean shorts and t-shirts and backpacks and climbing mountains, and it was fun, and we decided to take it seriously when, you know, everybody was into the times and getting Strava and all that. So people started getting KOMs and, like, just top ten places on some segments. And we were like, wow, we're doing this on track bikes. And we're seeing everyone in the top, you know, 100, they're all on road bikes. And we're like, oh, man, we can do this. Like, that's that's just what it is now.
0: That's what I think is, like, I think it's really fun about track bikes is kind of people look at you like you're crazy when you tell them you do like a lookout mountain or if you do deer creek or something on a track bike and they're just like oh that's fucking crazy how do you do you know what i mean uh but really it's just about it's the same in a way you're just pushing and like for me on the descents you just kind of feel like there's this
1: weird rhythm that you're just kind of like i don't know oh yeah you're in it like yeah i remember uh Descending down lookout one time with uh, one of my buddies who was on a road bike. And, you know, he's he's one of those dudes who, you know, he bought, you know, Cinelli Vigorelli when it first came out, you know, and all about it. Real strong rider, really influenced me on my riding and stuff like that. And he was descending behind me on a road bike. He's like, I've never seen anybody descend on a fixed gear like that. Like, what do you mean? He's like, you know. Just with, like, power, fluidity, and not not skidding through it, like, timing your timing your turns and stuff like that, and, you know, going through it just, like, with the same movement, not looking like you're, you know, s- s- struggling through it, you know, and I, I tell them, I'm like, man, this is like a regular ride nowadays for people on track bikes, like, you ride yeah. with any track bike rider out here, they're descending the same way, yeah. you know, that's just how it is, like, you go fast, and you you learn how to do fast on difficult level.
0: Well, I think back in the day, it was all about, like, I think everybody almost was riding, like, 46, 16, you know?
1: Yeah. And I
0: think that that was part of it. And, like, now people are like, oh, I can still go up a mountain on, like, a 50, 15 or something like that. Yeah. I mean, and, like, then whenever you're descending, it helps you get in that rhythm a little more where you're just like, I don't know, it's like music, you know? It's just like pop, pop, pop. Yeah. You can almost put a metronome
1: to it that's oh, what yeah. i like about it so much and what's great i mean just like wearing headphones doing it too oh fuck yeah it makes you just like that much more confident in, your, in what you're doing if you just follow a beat or tone yeah.
0: my favorite thing is like on the ascents i'll like listen to some like <laughs> some like explosions in the sky or something something epic you know and then whenever i get to the top and i'm about to descend i'll put on like you Know Kendrick or something. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. then I want hip hop on the way down.
1: Yeah, you want to you have a nice rhythm on the way down. Yeah. Going up to struggle, you want a little, you know, little entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something to get your mind off of the hurt. The suffer.
0: The suffer fest needs a yeah. distraction sometimes. Yeah. That's rad. Um, so, what's kind of the goal for Sunday Strong? I mean, I know. You did Red Hook
1: last year, right? Yeah, I did uh, two Red Hooks. Didn't do what I wanted to do in it. Uh, I let other riders, you know, dictate what I was going to do. And uh, that's just part of an experience. But I'm glad I got to do it, you know. And I know that I'm not going to just, like, go and just be top rider from the get-go. I mean i know i'm fast uh but everyone's fast you know uh it's how you it's how you play the game you know uh knowing where to attack um just knowing where to stay in the pack which pack to follow who to follow uh uh yeah just choosing things is so much so much more technical than just wanting to do it you know yeah
0: so how was that kind of experience, like going to Red Hook for the first time? It's like, I'm sh- I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you know what Red Hook is. It's the biggest like fixed gear crit in the world, really. Uh, they have four they had four races this season uh, in the series. Uh, so which two did you do, and just kind of what did it feel like going to those?
1: So I did uh, two Brooklyn Red Hooks. They didn't travel internationally to do any because I just wanted to test the waters and see what it was like um thinking with a lot more training I'm doing uh currently and just last season after Red Hook uh getting getting prepared mentally and physically for it again is going to be a lot more nerve-wracking than it was before because I know what what opportunities I have going into it now, uh, knowing how much better I am than I was before. Like the first one was just so nerve-wracking, I couldn't, almost couldn't handle it because it was just so much. Like, yeah. and then they, the way they, the way they did it was a, uh, you got like ten minutes to ride the la- ride the course, you know, do your fast laps, slow laps. And, you know, it really just kind of turned us all off onto what we had to do to do our times, like, as a beginner. If you weren't in the team or in with the big packs, you didn't know, like, to stick together. You know, everyone kind of just did their own thing and uh, not timed it out to stay starting out together on their laps to get good times you know a lot of people just went for it and you know it's hard to stick with anybody and then I remember just being solo on the whole thing and wondering you know I'm passing this guy I'm passing this guy I'm passing this guy where is it gonna like Who's in the beginning? I don't know. Like, who's first? Who's second? There is no pack. There is no working. There is no... So it kind of just, like... It was a solo timing. So it's kind of like people that don't have that, like...
0: That kind of background in, like, road racing or something didn't know... Yeah.
1: If you didn't come with a team, you weren't... You weren't going to compete in the final. Yeah. You know? Uh, But you kind of want to
0: go in and, like, know... I think it's helpful for me. Like, I just went and looked at, uh, like, for people that are thinking about doing this for the first time. I think one thing I have have found helpful in, like, going into my first, hopefully, season of doing these races is, like, just watching videos on road bike crits <laughs> and, like, how to do road bike crits, how to train for them. Uh, obviously, the cornering is going to be a lot different, the speed, the pacing, all that stuff, but... Um, just knowing about like kind of like drafting and
1: yeah i mean i i would look more towards right now there's this huge european series Rad race that is just blowing up i mean getting you know 200 plus riders out to do distance rides i want to do fixed 42 so bad so bad you know i'm ready i'm I'm, i just got to get a ticket and go uh i might go this year it's are we going to go? Well, <laughs> when is it? <laughs> uh, they haven't announced the date yet. I think oh, it's coming think. out soon. Yeah, I didn't think they did, but uh, when they announced it, let's see if I'm off of work and, you know, I want to take a little vacation and do a 40-some-mile ride, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm ready to go. I've got, like, uh, this Colorado stamina in me that I'm just, yeah. you know, dying to try out over in Germany. And uh, I mean, I used to live in Germany. I was in the Army for about seven years, and... Uh, I did two years in Germany, well one of the years was in Iraq but the rest of the time i was in germany and uh i love it out there it's beautiful and i could only imagine what it's like to ride a bike out there you know the hills are wondrous and like the scenery is just so fucking majestic and then like Then you get to be on the autobahn yeah on a fucking auto, bicycle yeah, i've never been on a bicycle <laughs> always rode on it on a car but never on a bicycle what the fuck right huh yeah. <sighs> it's amazing so yeah maybe that who knows like Let's see how far this fixed gear thing goes, but I want to get, the whole goal of Sunday Strong is to really just get people interested in riding track bikes and, like, not just limiting their bike skills to riding around town.
0: Yeah. I think that's huge. Um, That's kind of why I'm doing this podcast, too. I'm like, dude, don't feel the pressure just because, like, there's group rides and stuff. If you want to ride a track bike up a mountain, go fucking do it. You know, like if you like wearing as some Lycra on a track bike, then fucking do it. Um, should we get a cup of coffee? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. coffee time. We're going to take a coffee break and we'll be back while we drink coffee. I need to get a new one of these. The stop button does not like to work. All right, we're at the coffee shop,
1: got some snacks and coffee. My favorite bike right now is definitely the bike I have currently riding with me is my Cinelli Vigarelli. Um, It's
0: that green sparkle.
1: Yeah, I got a custom paint job on it. Got the splash fill wood hubs and seat post collar. So happy I got that in. Thank you, Phil Wood. Uh, But yeah, and definitely not sponsored, but he'll take it. (laughs) Definitely. And uh, what started me out, like in my fast stage, I would say my Fuji Track Pro. Definitely my my most mileage bike. I think I've done almost eight thousand miles on that bike. Damn. And it's so strong still. (laughs) I just set it up on my trainer, so it's now my winter training bike. So I could swap out gears on it and just, yeah, I got a big chain on it, so. Somebody was selling
0: a 2009 Fuji track comp on Craigslist, and I should have bought it. I regret my decisions.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I say, if you're gonna buy one of the Fuji track ones, pro the 09 pro yeah i think that's the most sought after one yeah those are red yeah just that red man it just like it kills yeah Yeah.
0: Yeah. i kind of like i think my dream bike is like this dude uh do you know chocolate spoke
1: cyclery Mm mm-hmm
0: yeah, I want to have that dude build me a bike.
1: <laughs> I uh, live a few blocks from here now. He's so nice. He, I haven't been there yet, but I plan to go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he cool. custom builds frames and stuff.
0: I'm like, I want him to build me a steel frame with some, like, Columbus Zona, like, tubing. Yeah. Ooh. Right? And then I want to do, like, an NV carbon fork on that. Ooh. Yeah. Jeez. We'll see That'll be way too expensive I can't afford that yet But hey If anybody's out there They want to donate to me Give me some money
1: I heard he makes chocolate too
0: Uh, He doesn't make the chocolate He just has chocolate there
1: Oh okay I thought he was like a chocolate
0: Maybe chef. he does now I actually haven't gone in there in a while
1: mm-hmm.
0: Okay Yeah if you're in Denver Go to Chocolate Spoke They don't have much for track bikes there But the dude's just really cool Like really like Advocate for his community Just like good dude always wearing a bow tie hand makes steel bikes he'll build you a track bike oh yeah <laughs> sounds awesome yeah um yeah i don't know i also think about those lows i like those
1: my buddy's got one man they're freaking beautiful yeah oh man i love that geometry mm-hmm. oh i I mean, I don't want to talk bad about a company that does so well, but I'm kind of like a decal, you know? You can't paint the logo on. Yeah. It's a two thousand dollar bike. You can't <laughs> paint the logo on it. I don't know. Maybe it was just my friend's bike. Yeah. But still, I would want it painted. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe he asked for it with logos but who knows I don't know I've, I really want Stan Ridge uh, he does amazing custom builds one of ones that are just like yeah. phenomenal looking I mean to have one of his I think would be a a trophy bike
0: yeah
1: you know that, that seems like one of those frame builders where you you see that could do anything yeah you know anything you want
0: I like that kind of thing all right we're in spot number three <laughs> we rode back to denver hanging our feet over the ledge uh what's your favorite song to ride to
1: uh i have to say uh push it along but chop call quest it just keeps me going like push it along you know you can't stop to that you know
0: that's legit. I went through a most deaf phase, where that was all I listened to when I rode. Oh yeah. Oh! oh no! The Chanelli crashed. Nobody was on it though. most bars and, Nice. So what's on your wish list? For parts or clothing or whatever
1: man clothing um definitely we're working on the capo kit uh it's taking a little longer than expected on the design trying to get it like right to where we could you know uh have other local Denver riders want to wear it as well so trying to make it an everybody jersey make it uh kind of uh denver colorado related and uh expose our mountains and stuff in it and give people an idea of how colorado riding is you know through a jersey fuck yeah
0: and what was the last one i I had in my mind oh yeah favorite uh like fixed gear video or movie (laughs) um this was inspired because we were just talking about premium rush
1: yeah yeah premium rush what an awesome movie right i mean (laughs) even even if uh you think it's whack it's actually like pretty pretty much accurate to how like the the street bike scene is you know you've got your characters and everybody's just Who they are Nobody gives a fuck You know And I think that's Well represented in the movie If you ask me
0: I would say the one thing That confuses me the most Is why that dude On the $10,000 Like carbon fiber bike Also had a giant Brand new Dodge truck How is that messenger Making so much money?
1: (laughs) Yeah definitely Got something else On the side If you, you know I don't know about like Being a messenger And making enough money To have a fucking high-end road bike with a fucking big-ass truck to haul it along and <laughs> You know, especially in New York City. Nobody drives a fucking truck in New York City. No. Who the fuck does that shit? I'm from Jersey, man. If you drive a fucking truck in New York City, you're asking for problems. You ain't getting no parking. You know? <laughs> Good right. luck paying fucking over 200 bucks a month to park your shit. Right. But, uh, as videos, like, inspirational videos... I really do love just watching, uh, the Red Hook camps, uh, Legit. yeah, just like seeing the whole race in its entirety, like, uh, and then mimicking, you know, I think, uh, we all mimic our idols, you know, when I was a kid, I used to mimic Derek Jeter, you know, do his turnaround toss as a shortstop playing in Little League, uh, you know, Michael Jordan's fucking three, you know, like, um, yeah. we all practice our idols favorite, like best of the best and watching Red Hook, you have the best of the best and you know, what's wrong with mimicking those guys? They're fucking awesome superstars yeah. in my eyes.
0: I'm always mimicking, uh, Patrick Seabase with the, uh, all black kit. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely my, uh, my favorite writer to watch is uh addison oh yeah i mean dude fucking guts and glory all the time just like real true idol in the game like yeah just someone who picked it up from you know bmxing as well yeah and uh just smashes on people he's he's awesome awesome to see for
0: real i want to see more videos with him because like i like watching him ride a fixed gear bike he he kills it and actually, like, uh, an interview with Addison Zawada was actually kind of what inspired me to do this podcast. I was like, oh, I want to talk about fixed-gear bikes. And, like, that was the only podcast I heard that actually, like, yeah. <laughs> that was talking about it. Uh, besides this other one that this guy Reed Calamaro was doing. But now it's just about, like, road climbing. But he was doing that fixed 42 race. So he was talking about that. Oh, okay. But. Those two, whenever he started talking about road bikes again, I was like, fuck, there needs to be a track bike podcast again.
1: Right, I, I do, uh, I've listened to Lance Armstrong's podcast. Oh, yeah. He's uh pretty, I think if you want to, like, uh, mimic somebody in their training, you know, and just how they race, Lance Armstrong is someone to, to also mimic and just, like, even all through, you know, what he's been through. I, uh, I don't feel like that's something that you know other people weren't doing so you had to yeah. compete with them as well and you know if some cycling stuff no matter what you do you know if you're doping or not doping like we, we've all got our doping you know whether it's the food we eat or what we don't eat and what we replace it with you know so
0: i remember seeing that video where mash went out and rode with lance <laughs> have you ever seen that one
1: is that Texas, uh...
0: Yeah. Yeah, the Texas video? That shit was awesome, man. And then he just, like, fucking just takes off with those, like, mustache bars, like, t-shirt, and he just, like, starts going so fast
1: <laughs> and just, like, drops everybody. Yeah, that's a true pro right there. Yeah. I mean, someone who could just get on any bike and just fucking do his damn thing. Yeah.
0: But really, like, every... I mean, maybe he was a bigger dick about it than a lot of people, but... Everybody at that time was doping And like he was still the best
1: Yeah I mean when you're at the top of the game You have to be a dick It's some sort of way Or someone's going to perceive you as being a dick Yeah, Like you don't necessarily have to be a dick For people to think that you're a dick Well his new
0: podcast I I listened to the whole Tour de France thing I listened to every episode of his podcast And like it was enjoyable
1: Yeah I think uh, I think his insight is very valuable And like his stories are great and if you do want to listen to a bicycling podcast, his is awesome. Yeah. I, I heard, uh, remember when they had just this last tour, they, they gave him slack for, or here in Colorado, they yeah. gave him slack for uh, doing his podcast on that. Yep. You know, trying to make money. And what's wrong with that?
0: He actually highlighted the fixed gear crit on the podcast.
1: Oh, I didn't even hear that. Yeah. Oh, I've got to go back and listen to that.
0: Yeah, he actually was like, yeah, there was a fixed gear crit. And apparently he told the organizers they should have a red hook in Denver.
1: That'd be amazing I mean we've got we've got this scene like it's, we just don't have the people racing yet we yeah. I mean people who came out to the Colorado classic the Velorama race
0: well, I should clarify he told the organizers of Velorama yeah. that they
1: should do something like a red, red hook. hook yeah I mean and that's that's what it should be, you know, highlighting just a fixed gear race, bringing out people from all over the world uh, you know, training up here is difficult enough. And riding a crit is definitely tough, you know? People would people would definitely accept the challenge, I believe, being up here in a 5280. Yeah.
0: Plus, you guys got to come over and, you know, you can go to all of our dispensaries and shit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm smoking weed right now.
0: Hell yeah. Ain't
1: nothing wrong.
0: There ain't nothing wrong. And it
1: helps I can't
0: well. do it, though, because it makes me feel sick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, we do it a lot on our rides, and honestly sometimes you need a little bit of the help yeah uh the way it opens up your lungs and you know also just like slows down your thinking and uh makes you focus on what you're doing you know like you know when you smoke you over you tend to overthink things and that's why when paranoia sets in but when you're cycling you don't have that paranoia what you have is just an amazing venture ahead of you you know like everything's a little more intricate to you. you focus on like your surroundings uh the route you look at the road a little more and then riding a track bike i mean you have to really look at all that stuff in the first place so it just helps you out in that aspect i, I think and then being able to just climb up here you know having the lungs for it it uh some people can't handle it But yeah. I mean I'm just gonna say It helps me out a little bit <laughs>
0: I fully support it That's why I was 100% on board With legalizing it here Because yeah. why the fuck Is anybody in jail
1: for weed? Like fuck off <laughs> Yeah that that doesn't make any sense uh, To just fucking jail somebody For a plant <laughs> Seriously <laughs> I mean if it could grow Anywhere on this earth Yeah that's that's pretty that's pretty messed up saying that you're gonna ban of ev- like the environment <laughs> how do you ban the environment like it's a natural aspect in all of our environments it grows naturally on this planet
0: so. for real some dude just passed by on a state fixed gear bike Yeah, state representative. He was listening to uh, Fatboy Slim, I think.
1: Oh, something around the world. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, that's that's another good song to ride to. I mean, if you're just like looking for something to roll to you know usually happy music (laughs) anything that's happy yeah i've definitely had like uh some some wrong songs on the playlist that i was like oh this does not belong on this ride you know i like i really
0: like grew up listening to punk and hardcore and stuff like that and like i cannot listen to hardcore on a ride is basically what i'm saying Like, I'm just like, I get too aggro and I'm like, ah, and it makes me anxious. Yeah, that's like, uh... I have to counteract it. I need like a beat, like Mm. hip hop, or I need like something just experimental and just meandering.
1: Well, like even with hip hop, like sometimes if I listen to gangster rap, I'm like, I get really into it. And yeah, (laughs) you're like a gangster on a bike, (laughs) you know? you like do whatever you want you're like breaking the law everywhere (laughs) you know you're like slapping cars and you know it's it's something that makes you a little more like you said aggro as well so i mean i i like the uh the thought rappers like most common kendrick uh, Jay I mean I I listen to a lot of Jay Z that's just oh yeah you know unwritten rap which is that new that new album is so sick yeah that's it's, it's amazing it's fun to ride too yeah definitely and I I always put that on the the riding playlist definitely
0: I got some wide bars really bright orange fixed gear bike
1: yeah <laughs> oh that's real bright it's like some high vis orange. That is an amazing orange right there. Yeah, that's a sick bike. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> All right,
0: I think I had one more question, and I'm forgetting what it was. Oh yeah, so everybody talks about fixed gear crits, fixed gear bikes being like super dangerous, but yet. I see people going into comas and road races. I see road bikes crashing. I see people on mountain bikes jumping off cliffs cliffs doing backflips. What do you think about that theory, that fixed gear crits are just somehow more dangerous than everything else?
1: I feel like on a fixed gear bike, you'll you'll have less mechanical failures since you have less components. Just being able to... uh, not have your brake pad come loose, uh, your wheels slipping out of your dropouts. <coughs> I mean, it happens in fixed gear races, sure, but that's also just uh, that's a maintenance issue. You know, yeah. if you're if you're racing hard, you go taking your shit down really hard. You know, like on your dropouts. But uh yeah, I mean, that shit happens as well. Like we all forget to do stuff before we race because there's high high anxiety and just like so much thought going into it so um but being you know on a f- track bike I-, I feel like it's way safer because you have the manual control over the bike you know like you could basically ride it <laughs> like someone is walking you know as fast ride ride behind somebody and then like control your speeds at such a high pace like you could go from like zero to 60 is what i like to do you know yeah a little fart there (laughs) uh
0: well i think that's what we were talking about before we started the podcast when we were just riding is like descending on a road bike in some ways like i felt more scared i was going to lose control like my bike was wobbling i was You know, I just felt, like, out of control. But when I'm on a track bike, I feel very much like I'm regulating everything with my legs. Yeah. And I'm not thinking about it as much.
1: Yeah, and uh, I I see it a lot in how even riding behind road bikes descending, uh, how you could take turns much sharper and uh, be able to accelerate at a high speed without using brakes. You know, you just go right into a fluid downhill speed uh, and you could push it even faster is what it's what's so great about it is that you don't go into a coast mode, you know, that gives you even that split second delay of I'm gonna go right now yeah. you know, like going down Lookout Mountain, there's a point after you hit all the switchbacks on the way down where you could basically ride the rest of that uh, two miles descent yeah. just fucking blazing fast yeah. and road bikers do it all the time they go but they're breaking really hard on the turns and you know you're you you, you kind of just look back and you know <laughs> well you look forward at them and you're breaking you're trying to break behind them you know it's i don't think it's safe (laughs) for for a track bike to ride even near a road bike on a descent actually that's that's pretty dangerous because a track bike is not going to show any signs of breaking uh other than like his his like legs right and a, a road bike will show no sign like They're going to just use their finger to hit that brake and automatically, like, get at a lower speed. Yeah. On a track bike, you cannot automatically get to that lower speed. That's why you can't hit that descent so quickly, but you will accelerate faster off the turn. So, on a track bike, way safer, I think.
0: Some guy just passed by on an Aventon.
1: Yeah. Aventon. Aventon, yeah. That was dope. (laughs) <laughs> Seen a lot more bikes out here, yeah. which is great. And by the way, it is December in Denver, Colorado, and everyone's out in a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. So. Uh, it snowed yesterday. Yeah. Which. Or is two days weird. ago. Yeah. And now it's sixty. Which is amazing. I mean, I'm getting sunburn over here. Fuck yeah. been not a cloud in the sky.
0: Dope. I think we got a good podcast here. <laughs> cool, man. Thank hey you. thanks for
1: doing this yeah thank you for uh having this and i hope uh we get to get uh more of the prominent track bike riders out here in colorado to get on as well you know they're, uh, we're gonna put on
0: a race this summer all of you people from other states come out
1: yeah we need uh we need some fast guys let's get it <laughs> yeah and ladies we need more women riders out here yeah seriously uh i don't i don't know how it is anywhere else but we we have like a really small interest for ladies riding i think they think it's too dangerous well from what i've heard uh you know and i think a lot of it just has to do with the lack thereof yeah you know if we don't have it here no one's gonna want to do it and they're not gonna see how fun it is and like how much entertainment goes into it and you know we we got a we got a good scene out here we've got a good show on our hands track bike racing is is amazing spectator sport you know it's high speeds and just fun (laughs) we gotta get more more
0: people on track bikes all kinds of different colors, all kinds of different genders, all kinds of different everything. Just ride a bike. Let's do this. All right. Well, that does it for episode one of Save the Track Bike. Um, I want to thank Carlos for coming on and talking to me. We had a good time going out and riding and um, just enjoying a beautiful Colorado day. Uh But yeah, if there's anything else, like any people that you want to hear on the podcast, um, I just want to put a spotlight on the sport, like I said, you know, throughout the whole thing. Uh, Yeah. So let's see. The podcast is produced by David Draper. Um, Check us out on Instagram at Save the Track Bike. Savethetrackbike.com. Uh, send me an email if you have any suggestions or requests Uh, let's see I think that's going to be it oh yeah and the theme song I got from Free Music Archive it's Vitamin Pet this song is called Slag Girl that's all I got for you thanks again for listening Go ride your track bike in inappropriate places. Thank you.